what book are we in? Book of Acts. Very good. Acts of the Apostles. Uh, who wrote the book of Acts? Who? And he also wrote the book of? Oh, y'all are still brilliant. And he was one of the 12 doctors. He wasn't a disciple. He was a doctor. Very good. We don't know who there were 12, but it worked. So, can I be honest with you? You should always want someone to be someone should always be honest. You're like you're always should always be honest with me. Uh, please, no, lie to me, really. Only if I ask you how I look, you lie to me. Um, what are you saying, man? Okay, that's a good inside joke that no one understands. Thanks, babe. Okay, back to it. When I came to the pa- passage where we are right now, it's in Acts three. We just went through Acts one, uh, Acts three one through ten. Now we're in verses eleven through twenty. And I was planning to skip it. Uh, you know, because we're going through the book of Acts, but sometimes, I mean, Peter preached a, a sermon in Acts 2, and all of a sudden he preaches a second ser- sermon in Acts 3. Not that I don't love Peter, but I thought, oh, what am I going to do with this? Let me just move on, because there's some, some things I can jump on and really pound home and really preach. Uh, but as I read it, in Acts 3, when I was there, I, I, I couldn't, couldn't walk away, away from it. Sometimes when I stand up here, you, I, I preach. And preaching is, the point of preaching is to, to enlighten you with the Word of God and stir your, your heart to respond, for God to work as well. But I want to give a, a challenge where you're like, man, I need to be about that. So when someone preaches to you, that's what they're doing there. There's a challenge in there to respond and change where, where you came from. When you walked in the doors and when you go out, the, the hope is that the Word of God and God will move and what is preached, there will be a clear challenge for you to change in your life. Going, That's what my life needs to be about. That's what I'm going to do. Whether it's to put your faith in Jesus Christ for the very first time or it's to, to sort of set something straight on the past. That, that, that sort of, that's fun. When you've got a, a word that'll preach, Nick gets this. When you got it and it's going, man, it's fun. But sometimes you come up, and this is where we're at for tonight, and it's you teach more, okay? And it's equally as important as preaching. You understanding the word of God in certain aspects that will help you out for the rest of your life if you will begin to get these things. It'll make it so when someone does come to preach to you again, you've been taught some of these things, you have an understanding. Does that... Do you see where I'm at right now, sort of? So you're like, I have no clue what you're talking about. And if that's you, I'm just glad you're here. Welcome to the edge. So this is where we are tonight. So let me just start off with this. We're going to be in Acts 3. We're going to get there. But I, I, I need to teach something. Are you with me? This means yes. This means no. And if you do that, I'm throwing something at you. The Bible is made up of a cult collection of, of two main books, we call them. One's called the Old Testament, and one's called the... And there's how many books in the Old Testament? A lot, a lot of books. There's 39 books. 39 books in the Old, Te- Old Testament, and there's 27. That's very good. In the New Testament, which makes how many books in all? 66. Very good. Okay, so the Old Testament, 39 books, has 30 plus different authors. It was written over 1,000 to 1,500 years. That's the time span that they were all written in. The first book is 
Genesis. And the last book in the Old Testament is Malachi. Okay, very good. So there's 39 books. Okay, you're like going, so what are we doing with this? The passage in Acts we're about to get to is very important because, and I'm going to just share this right to start with, Peter takes the Old Testament and he brings it up with the, with the New Testament and he intermingles it. Now, there's many believers or people that claim to be Christians who go, well, I'm not an Old Testament Christian. I'm a New Testament Christian. And they put all this weight in the New Testament and the Old, they go, well, that's like the, the Old Covenant and that really doesn't apply to me. But can I tell you, without the foundation of the Old Testament, you aren't going to really get the New Testament. It is very, very important. Do not act like it's, it, it's, it's obsolete. Go, well, I live by grace and not the law. Well, the law is what has brought you to grace. Without you understanding your sin and you're being separated from God, you will never experience the grace of Jesus Christ and come back to God. So this is very important. Are, are you with me, sort of? Yes. Yes, I'll take that. Um, Old Testament. Here's some of the main points. These aren't all the points. These aren't the only points. This doesn't encompass everything. So don't go, ah, you left this out. I'm sure I left the light out. But these are some main points. First of all, it tells us who God is. Old Testament tells us who God is. We're going to go through some verses quite a bit tonight, but I want you to see some things here. So look here. I've got it on the screen. You'll have to turn there. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God's the creator of the heavens and the earth. The first thing it tells us, very first words in it is that right there, that God is the one who created the heavens and the earth. It goes on to say he made a lot more stuff like everything. Now, Exodus chapter 34, verse 6 says this about God. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Just some attributes about who God is. This is just, this is just like you've got a big gallon of iced tea and I'm just spitting on you like that. And that's how much you're getting of, of who God is. So you're not getting anything really. I could pour this big vat Vat, you know, this big thing. of. So you're just getting a little bit of who God is. Isaiah 40, verse 12 says this. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Hollow. This is the hollow of your hand. Who has measured? It's talking about God here. The waters, all the waters of the earth. God, how big is God? Measures the waters in the hollows of his hand. He's a big God, people. It says this, and marked off the he heavens with a span. He's enclosed the dust of the earth in a me 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 measure, like a little cup, and weighed the mountains in scales and hills on a balance, in a balance. This is how big God is. Old Testament tells us so many things about who God is and how big he is. Just a few verses down from this, and can I tell you this? If you want to know about the greatness of God, read Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40, all throughout it, talks about when you feel like this world is mean and you go, God, I just don't know if, if we can get through this. I'm trying to keep my faith in you. I don't know how to do it. Read Isaiah 40. It reminds you of how amazing our God is. Verse 28 says this, Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He doesn't tire. We tire. We tire really easy, really quick. God, no, no, no. 
He's still going as strong as he ever has and he ever will. He's going that strong. He's, he doesn't tire. It tells us about who God is. Old Testament, can y'all, would y'all agree at this point, if you are a Christian or a believer in Jesus, that fact alone, Old Testament is important that we learn who God is. Correct? You with me? Okay, this is important. It, it tells us about the fall. Okay, Old, Old Testament tells us about the fall. Genesis 3, it tells us how sin comes into the world. It's not all Eve's fault. Adam wasn't actually being the man, and he should have been there with his wife and trying to help guide and protect his wife. He wasn't there. He's just as fault as she was. Sin came in the world, and sin brought what? Death. Romans 3, 23, for all of sin and come short, the glory of God. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. So that's in the New Testament, works out with the Old Testament. Sin brought death. Verse 3, it gives us God's standard for holiness. Old Testament gives us God's, in Exodus chapter 20, there's this little thing you probably never heard about called the Ten Commandments. Anybody heard of those? Can we name, we name them all off? Name one of them. Ah, uh, murder, I heard. <laughs> we shall kill everybody. Ah, no. Thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not. What else? Steal. Steal. What else? This is impossible with everybody yelling out. We've got lie. We've got covet. We've got adultery. adultery. Shh. Idol, idol, idolatry. Uh, what about honor your father and your mother? Keep the Sabbath. Don't say the Lord's name in. Vain. Man, y'all are scaring me. Y'all are getting a little excited. You shall have no other or gods before me, right? Little G gods, right? Um, so y'all know these, right? Y'all have heard these. This is important. Sometimes we believe the, the law is what this is called. The law is there uh, for us to live by, and it is for us to live by. Can I, but can I tell you more importantly, the law is there to show us how far we, how much we need God and we need G- Jesus Christ. The law shows us, it's really what we put ourselves up against and we go, I can't do this on my own. That, that's what, this law is not a set of rules you go, I've got to always fight to live for those. No, you still fight to honor God through the law, but the law shows, shows us our lostness. Without the law, we, we don't know how lost we are. That, that, that's the importance of this thing in the Old Testament God gives us. Can I tell you, it reveals our hopelessness. If you read the stories in the Old Testament, and Mike has, has preached some through it, he's about to hit, hit more. The people of God, they love God, they get tired, they fall away, they go their own way, they get enslaved, they cry out to God. God comes and he saves them. They love God, they live for God, they fall away, they get enslaved, they cry out, God saves them. They're they're the same cycle, and we go, man, how can they be so stupid? And then we look in the mirror, and we go, oh, that's how, right? No offense to anybody, you just called me stupid. No, I just called your reflection in the mirror stupid. (laughs) It reveals our hopelessness. But also it does this. Old Testament, it indu- introduces us to hope. It shows our hopelessness, but it introduces us to hope. Look at this passage in Isaiah 53, beginning of verse 11. And there's a lot of scripture here, but I just want you to, you, you need to see 
It's talking about the coming Savior. It says, who has believed what he has heard? It's Isaiah 53 verse 1 says this, who has believed what he has heard from us and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form of majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our, our, sor- 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 our sorrows. Now, there's three words we're about to start to see a lot of, okay? The words are iniquity or iniquities, transgressions, and guilt. Every one of these is, means sin or sinfulness, okay? Everyone, you could take the word sin or sinfulness for iniquities, transgressions, and guilt, and you can put in sin or sin- sinfulness, okay? So, verse 5 it says, uh, well, at the end of verse 4, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Verse 6, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was, was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. It's talking about the Savior, the Messiah to come. And we, like sheep, have gone astray, and we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity, the sin of us all. Verse 7, he was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that has led to slaughter, slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation who considered that he was cut off, cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgressions, once again, of my people people. And they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich, with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. This Savior, understand it's saying all this, that he has died as a sacrifice for our sin. It's saying it over and over. This Savior is going to come and die and he's not going to say a word. He's going to take it. He's going to submit himself to die as a sacrifice. This is what this is. This is before, this is Thousand years before Jesus came. And it says this in verse 10. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. It was the will of the Lord to crush him. He was put, he has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for guilt, for sin. He shall see his offspring, he shall prolong his days, and the will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Old Testament. You go, that's a story of hope? Yeah, it is a story of hope. It's a story of we lost in our sin, no way to fix it on our own, and God is saying to them, a Savior is coming that will die, that I myself will crush to make you right again. Beautiful passage of Scripture, and there's more in here, and we'll hit one more. Old Testament, very important. New Testament, real quick. 27 books, as we've said before, written by around eight, eight men, might, might be nine, over a, a period of 35 years. Not quite as long as what the Old Testament was written in. Main points are life, death, and re- resurrection of the Messiah, God's Son, Jesus Christ. Next is the point was the 
Holy Spirit coming in the church, beginning in, in Acts. That's where we are right now. Uh, spreading in the growing pains of the church. We see that through Romans, through Jude, and the return of the Messiah, Jesus, in the book of Revelation. These are the sort of the main points we could say in New Testament. Just went through those real quick. But right now, we've looked at the Old, Old Testament. We've just briefly glanced at the New and Acts, as we read it, this, they're living out the beginning of the New Testament church. Understand that. Uh, so let, let's start in Acts chap chapter 3. Don't worry, there's not. I'm not going to be for, forever on these points. I know it took a long time to get here. But let's look at, at what this says in Acts 3 verse 11. Now, we've just finished the story of a lame man that's been at this gate. He's over 40 years of age. Uh, if he went there from the age of 7 to whatever age he is now, it's been at least 12,053 days that someone has carried him to this gate to beg every day just to have enough food or whatever to make it to the next day. It's all he's got. He has, he, he has no hope at all. Peter and John come. They walk by him. He asks for alms. They say, we don't have that, but what we have you, we give you. So in the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ, rise up and walk, and he does. That's what's just occurred. Now we jump into verse 11. And, and it said that he, he, he danced around, jumping and leaping and praising God, and there's songs for that. We won't sing that tonight. Verse 11, he clung, while he clung, the man who was lame, who is now healed, to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico, portico called Sol Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? Peter, right from the get-go, as this crowd comes, they're like, holy cow, they just healed them. These must be gods that walk among us. He says, hey, 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 do you really think it was us? Did Peter heal that guy? What healed the guy? Yeah, the, the name of, of Jesus healed, healed him. The power of God healed him. Did God use Peter? Yeah, he used Peter. Can God use you in the same way? Yeah, he can use you in the same way. So first thing he says, do you really think it was us? I um, went to a youth com com conference many years back, and a guy preached a sermon. I had a lot of my, my staff, it was before I was at this church, and the the title of the sermon, or the main point, was, was you are not the light. You are called to point others to the light. That was the point. It was a very good sermon. And one, of, one lady who has, has passed away, who taught for me for years, and, and she died of, of can cancer just a few years back, uh, she bought me a shirt, and the shirt said, you are not the light. He is the light. Big he, talking about Jesus. It's not all on me doing all the work. Who does the work? It's, it's God. So first of all, he's, he's saying, hey, uh, I'm not the, the light. I'm just a light, small L-I-G-H-T. But the big light, big L-I-G-H-T, God is the one who does all the work. You are not the light. He is the light. Do you all understand that? Peter says that right from the get-go. Go into verse 13 here. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. All of a sudden, 
Peter points to the Old Testament. He says what? The God of Abraham, of Isaac, and Jacob. So he's talking about the Old Testament at this point, and he's tying it together with Jesus. Just starting to do that. Let's keep on going. Verse 14, and he says these words, but you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. We saw it. We saw it. No one in this crowd goes, oh, that didn't occur. You didn't see it. They saw it. And his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong. Talking about the lame man whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. He tells them, first of all, you did this. Do you understand that, that this, this, this Jesus you denied, you rejected? Pretty harsh words, but in truth, can I t- tell you, we do the same thing? Uh, as we embrace sin, can I tell you, we d- deny and re- reject G- Jesus when we choose sin over righteousness? And he says, by choosing sin, uh, by, by, by choosing sin over righteousness, we all have rebellion against holy, perfect God. That rebel, rebellion separates us from God. Okay? You and I all sin short of the glory of God, our rebellion against him. You're like, I didn't rebel against him. When we sin, that's rebellion against his plan. We go against him. And God is holy and perfect. And when we sin, we are not holy and perfect. That separates us from him. But can I tell you the great news? Just as the, the lame man healed In the name of, of Jesus, there's hope for everybody in this room in the name of Jesus, only in the name of Jesus, not through Peter, not through Paul, not through Pastor Nick or Pastor Mike, Jesus. And he says this, verse 17, And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. Ignorance. Ignorance in Dictionary.com, because that's the only legitimate spot to find out what words really mean. I just looked up because I, I knew what it meant, but I wanted to see the dictionary definition. It means unlearned, not real bright. I wrote, not sharp, the sharpest tool in the shed. Ignorant. Now, my wife has gotten mad at me about that. I'm probably not the most refined father in the world. I will confess that to you right now. Some of you are stunned at this fact. I'm sure my my, my little son, not the one that's here, someone else, I won't say his name to keep him quiet, uh, he uh, has a friend named Tay. And he and Tay are um, just double tr- trouble. Just one of them decides not to think, and it causes the other one not to think. They do great things a lot of times, but so every now and then when they've done something, I, I treat Tay like my own, my own son. I, I try to treat y'all like my own kids, like I would. Uh, so every now and then, like, my wife got mad at me. She said, I wasn't allowed to do this. But I, I said, hey, Joseph, your name's D-U. Tay, your name's M-B. Uh, and they're like, huh? I said, yep, D-U, M-B. So I called I call them out for a while. And she said I wasn't allowed to because they were just being dumb. Dumb. And I love this scripture right here because he says, brothers, friends, I know you acted dumb, stupid, 
hello, dummy, and the people you follow, dumber. I mean, so he just sort of rips into them in, in being dumb. And we've all been there, some more than others. <laughs> David Shepard. <clears throat> okay, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, man. I'm just kidding. It was good. It's good to see you, David. Verse 18, let's, let's stay with the text, please, please, focus. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that as Christ would, su- would, would suffer, he thus fu- fu- fulfilled. Ha- ha- have y'all seen the YouTube clip of the talent, talent show of the guy who walks up with the bottle? Uh, it's a talent show. He has a bottle, and there's a, a table. He fl- fl- flips it. It lands right side up, and the crowd goes wild, and he walks off the stage. Have y'all seen? Oh, he did? Okay, I'll just thank you. For, I'll just, I, I, thank you so much, Bianca. Have y'all seen that? No? Yeah. No? In that crowd, it was a drop the mic moment. moment. The crowd goes wild. Like if you were at the fall retreat and you saw one of, uh, the, when I had the, the staff shirt on, when they hit the lights off and it, gl- it, it, it glowed in the dark uh, and, and I moved around and they're like, bah! I mean, y'all went bonkers over that, right? Am I right? Uh, it, w- it was just sort of a big, loud, sorry, sorry, you're, you're hurting. Big, loud, loud, loud moment. Verse 18 is one of those drop the mic and walk away type of statements. He says this, and now, uh, verse 18, but what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets in the Old Testament that as Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. And all of a sudden to them, he said, hey, you know the one that you crucified and, and you, 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 you killed? That's who they, talk, they spoke about. And he rocks them to the core. Psalm 22, listen to this. Understand the context of crucifixion where you're stretched out, your joints are pulled out of socket, you, 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 you thirst, you're parched, very parched, you thirst. Look at Psalm 22, way before Jesus was born. It says this, I'm poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It's melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a a potsherd and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death for dogs encompass me. A A company of evildoers encircles me. They pierced my hands and feet, I can count all my bones. When someone was crucified most of the time, almost all the time, they would break their legs out of grace and compassion for them so they could no longer hold themselves up and they would suffocate and they would die very quickly if their legs were broken. But when they went to break his legs, it says that he had already died. And they, they were stunned that he had already died so they didn't break his legs. He says, they stare and gloat over me. Verse 18, they divide my, my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. We see them thinking in the book of Matthew, where it talks about how they divide, divided his clothes, that they wouldn't tear him up uh, for the cloth, but it was all of one piece, and so they would cast lots for his clothing way before the time of Jesus. He said, hey, that guy who God spoke out, who was going to come and save you from your sins, Jesus, that's who he is. 
verse 19, he says this, Repent, therefore, and turn again, that your sins may be blotted out. You know what that means? Your sins may be gone. They're blotted out. No one will see them. God doesn't even see them anymore. They're gone. Hope for the hopeless. That times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. I don't know about you, but in my life, these times when I've just had confessing my sin to God or just getting right with God when I've not been right with God are the most refreshing things. I can't explain it any way. Nothing of this world even comes close to it. There's nothing better. He talks about that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, for you, to you, Jesus. He's saying this, hey, turn from your sin, trust Jesus. He's hope, the gospel. He shares the gospel in this message as he slams them, as he yells at them. Now, there's a, mo- a movie clip that I want to show you. It's not very long. Uh, and I think it's, it's uh, sorry if some of you aren't, aren't cool nerds in, in here, uh, but it is a first time I've used a Star Wars Force Awakens clip in The Edge. But man, this is, this is good. Just watch this clip. Uh, rest in peace, Han. And um, take a look. The Jedi were real. I used to wonder about that myself. Thought it was a bunch of mumbo jumbo. A magical power holding together good and evil, the dark side and the light. Kid, I've flown from one side of this galaxy to the other. I've seen a lot of strange stuff, but I've never seen anything to make me believe there's one all powerful force controlling everything. There's no mystical energy field controls my destiny. Crazy thing is, it's true. All of it, the Force, the Jedi, it's all true. Okay. Did y'all not like, like that at all? This is okay. Now, now, stay with, stay, stay with me. Now, don't freak out. The Force is, isn't real in our galaxy. In another galaxy. No, it, it's not. Okay. The force is not real. But he's talking about something that, if you saw in the, in the clip, it, it was a f- flashback. That was the same guy. That was Han 30 years ago. Yeah, long time ago. Right? <laughs> F- 40 years ago. Um, okay, anyways. But he, he didn't believe at that time. And now he's saying, hey, can I tell you this? It's true. Everything is true. And in this sermon that Peter preaches, this is what he says to him. Hey, guys, I want you to know something. It's true. All of it. All of it's true. Can I tell you this? Old Testament scripture that talks about a Messiah to come who comes in the form of Jesus Christ, who didn't come as a a warrior but came as a baby who lived a perfect, sinless life and was put on a cross. And understand, as we looked at the scripture before, the cross did not kill Jesus. It says that the the sin of mankind was laid upon him. And it says that the Lord, in Isaiah 53, it says the Lord crushed him as a sacrifice for our sin. And you go... Did he do that? Would he really do that for me? Yeah, he did. And I believe that with everything I have because I, I can't grasp how he did that for me. 
And if he could do it for me, then he could do it for you and anybody. It's true. That's what he's proclaiming to them. And more people turn and put their faith in Jesus Christ once again. Man. Old Testament, don't forsake it. Man, read it, understand it, get into it. Understand the prophecy that's spoken about there comes true in the person of Jesus Christ. And through that, my life has been changed. Many of your lives have been changed. And what is it? It's putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Understand that you sin. Your sin separates you from God. There's no way that you can get there on your own. God makes a way through his son, Jesus Christ. It's the perfect sacrifice. Sin has to be paid with the penalty of death. It's got to be paid with it. And Jesus took the wrath of God, the, the death on the cross for you and for me so that we could know God. Man, live different. Man, may we all live different as we leave and uh, go to our lives, wherever they are. Let, let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you so much for the gift of your son, Jesus. I thank you for the prophecy uh, that were spoken from old, the prophets of old. Uh, I th- thank you for the hope that we have in you, And God, help us proclaim to the world wherever we go, in our home, at our schools, at our co-op, where we work, where we eat, in our stores. Lord, help us proclaim that it's true, that all of it is true. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.